privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including... CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. To the secret to everything, I am Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, and we are here on the weekend after Election Day in the U.S. And I have just got to say, we have an amazing gentleman named Brian Tui, and he is an author of many books. But I was just talking before the show, and one of the titles of his books is "The Fix Is In." And I hate to say it, but I can't think of a better title or a better person interview, even though we're not talking about politics, we're going to be talking about probably an even more popular subject, a more entertaining subject, which is sports. But I find it absolutely fascinating that everybody's like, yay, or horrified that their candidate didn't win. But really, to me, this is all just two sides, different sides, actually, of the same coin. And we've heard that so many times times. 
The nature of this reality is what? It is illusion and mirrors. What we see is not always all of the truth. So did we pick a president or was a president picked for us? Something to think about. A friend just wrote me a message on Facebook and an energy reader and an intuitive and a psychic woman was like, yeah, you know, I'm so glad we have someone that's not in the establishment and that's not controlled and we can break free from the tyranny. And I'm just like, oh, my goodness gracious, you just outed yourself as a non-psychic and I'm not going to name any names, but it's pretty crazy when you can't read the energy of this reality. So I'm so glad we're going to be talking to Brian because Brian is kind of going to help us navigate this same subject in the world of sports. And I have a little bit of history with this on a number of different levels, which I'm going to wait for some of it for when we're talking to Brian. But I come from one of the places I come from is Chicago and we all know that you know well, of course everyone's a buzz about Chicago right now right because the Cubs but I also come from a little town called Columbus Ohio I'm telling you guys you have never seen such frenzy over college football unless you are from Columbus Ohio you have no clue what I'm talking about because there are no fans and there is no hype like that of who? The OSU Buckeyes. So what I love about this conversation is not only are we going to be talking about professional sports, but we are also going to be talking about high school and college sports. We're going to be getting Brian's input and Brian's opinion on this. So I love how this all ties in with everything we talk about on The Secret to Everything and everything we do with our business and in the classes we teach because we talk about the nature of our reality. We talk about greed and power. We talk about taking back your own power and seeing what is so you can skillfully navigate and make wise choices for yourself and for your family. So I love, and I don't know really what's going on today. I've, I've been doing some other things in my business, but la a couple nights ago, they were talking about the big, you know, riots. And I have to laugh because when you actually watch these big riots, it, it may account for a couple hundred people, if that, maybe a hundred people. And I'm not saying it's not a big deal. I'm just saying um, a little exaggeration in the media. I think, and again, the media plays a big role in the topic we're gonna to be talking about today, about sports. And I haven't had a chance to read all of Brian's books. They are very well-researched and they are extremely well-written and they're actually quite entertaining. And I'm not a sports fan, so for me to say that, that is something. So I've got to tell you guys something a little bit about kind of agendas. So we got these new, and I might have already told this story, but I'm going to tell it again because it blows my mind. We got these new chip cards that are supposedly high security from my credit union. And I got a call from my security division of my bank, and they said, do you know someone's using your card in Georgia at McDonald's? Well, anybody that knows me knows that that's not me and that's not my card because I don't go to McDonald's. And I was blown away that we are being sold a bill of goods, that these chips 
and they're very deliberately using that word chip in our cards are safer. Really? I've had non-ship cards and I've had my accounts ripped off a couple different times. I mean, I'm not a spring chicken, but I think it's so interesting that we're being sold that these are super high security, yet I barely had that card maybe two months and it was already duplicated and people were using this card in person in Atlanta, Georgia at McDonald's. It makes me wonder, and I know some of you are going to know what I'm going to say, if there is an agenda that is more complicated than security, like maybe they just want to introduce the word chip and make it a common part of our conversation. And maybe they don't even want the cards to work. Maybe that's the agenda. Maybe they're like, heck, our hyper high security cards don't work. Let's just stick it in your body. And as we know, many people are already chipped. Some things definitely to think about. So we'll come back after the break and we're going to be talking to Mr. Brian Tui about sports, gambling, betting, a whole bunch of things on The Secret to Everything with Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at www.drgibbswilliams.com. This is Johanna Carroll, host of Dialogue with Divinity on the X-Zone Broadcast Network. While walking along Kanapali Beach in Maui this past year, I kept discovering all these shells and coral in the shape of hearts. My Dialogue with Divinity was very simple. Do you want me to do a retreat to heal people's hearts in Maui next year? And of course, the answer was yes. 
As a master spiritual teacher, I am offering you a neat retreat called Rise, May 8th through the 12th, 2017, and the chance of a lifetime to rest at a five-star resort for five days and experience a spiritual renewal of your heart and soul. Kanapali is one of the top five beaches in the world. This stunning resort has undergone a $40 million renovation. I walked the entire property, checked out the room choices on your behalf, and I must say it is stunning. Our conference room faces the ocean with sliding glass doors. Maui is known as Mother Maui because it is a soft, gentle, healing energy. In the embrace of Mother Maui, you will feel yourself rising from the limitations of an ordinary life to an extraordinary journey of peace, bliss, and harmony, a greater sense of clarity. Our RISE retreat ignites renewal in the sacred elements of air, water, earth, fire, and wind. There's plenty of free time to enjoy all that Maui has to offer. A small deposit is required now to reserve your space as this retreat, it will sell out. For more details, please go to johannacarroll.com and register today. Aloha, and I'll see you in mystical Maui. Welcome back to The Secret to Everything. I am Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, and I am here today with my guest, Mr. Brian Tuhi. And I'm going to read you his bio. I don't normally talk a lot about a bio, but in this case, since you guys know I'm not a big sports person, I'm going to go ahead and tell you kind of what qualifies and where Brian's coming from. So he is the author of the books, The Fixes in Larceny Games and A Season in the Abyss. That sounds like a good one. I'm going to have to ask him what that's about. Uh, He's recognized as America's leading expert on game fixing in sports. And nobody owns him. He's not too involved with the corporate sports media world or not involved at all. And he talks a lot about and shares a lot about the showbiz manipulations of the NFL, the MLB, NBA, NHL. And this is a good one because we're in North Carolina, you guys. We're near Charlotte, NASCAR. We might have to ask him about that. So he talks about larceny, sports gambling, game fixing, and the FBI. He has been on many, many radio programs across the United States and Canada, including the nationally syndicated Dan Patrick Show, Coast to Coast AM, Fox Sports, Chris Myers, The Brian Kenny Show on NBC Sports Radio, and The Alex Jones Show. So welcome to The Secret to Everything, Brian. We are so happy to have you here. Well, thanks for having me on, Dr. Kim. I appreciate it. I love it. I love this topic. I really do think this is just another piece of a puzzle when we look at this and it's part of a much bigger picture. So I love that we're talking about that. So kind of share with our audience, what led you, I mean, obviously you're a sports lover because I was starting to read some of your books. You you start to quote statistics and you're talking about people who I have no idea who they are and you're talking about plays. So you are not a stranger to the sports world. Could you kind of tell us how you got from being obviously a fan or an avid sports watcher at one time to, and maybe you still are, uh, to kind of this expose guy that you are? 
Well, because I became a cynic, unfortunately, as I grew up. And I think it was, you know, as a kid, obviously, I was a huge sports fan. And my dad always instilled me with a sense of history as it was. And so I would read, you know, a lot of sports books and read about sports history. And within every sports book, you usually would find like two or three pages that were really interesting that were almost completely off topic. Like it would bring up some athletes and drug abuse or some sort of behind-the-scenes manipulations going on and those sorts of things. And it started to make me curious about really what we see in professional sports and even in college sports as well. And the more I grew up and the more of a cynic I became, I started to realize, well, you know what? These leagues really can control everything that surrounds the sports themselves, but we're led to believe they can't control what actually occurs. And yet that's the product. That's what they're selling us is the games. And they have the very real ability to manipulate that product, those games, while we're consuming them. And I started to question, well, what's preventing them from doing just that? And I came to the realization as I started to research this and dig into it that nothing was preventing them from doing just that. So since no one else seemed to be taking up this mantle or even be willing to investigate the idea of game fixing, either from a gambling standpoint or from an entertainment standpoint, I kind of filled that void and away I went. Yeah, away you went. Wow. <laughs> There's just a lot here to talk about and a lot of different directions we can go. And I hope that we can fit in a lot of those different directions. But I just want to share a little bit. I came in through the same kind of door, you know, that, that you play it on a regular basis. But I came in because I have friends that have been, let's say, brainwashed and programmed by certain entities and we'll even use the word abused um, by you know programs with initials like MK and they shared with me some of their experiences with uh, people in high positions political positions as well as a lot of different professional sports players and it's really mind-blowing and kind of cool where the general world and I, and I hate to say this I'm just going to lump it in because people understand what we're talking about of conspiracy I you know people call it conspiracy theory I call it conspiracy fact but um when it starts to fit together it's super interesting to me so that's how I started learning you know kind of the back dirty secrets which you share a lot about in your book mm-hmm. of these sports players lives and of these team managers and and of the whole thing you're talking about so I guess I want to ask you you mentioned this can be programmed or created or the outcome can be assured how do you think they do that or how do you know um, that they fix games and then of course the second question which is probably obvious but I'm going to ask it anyway why would they want to fix games and I would imagine there's probably many reasons well, I think the main reason to fix games is money. <laughs> and like I say, I can, I can, you can approach it from two different ends. And one end, like I said, is the gambling end where you have maybe professional gamblers or organized crime, which controls really sports gambling in the United States, which may be a $100 billion or more a year industry, which wow. is all illegal. Um, there's obviously incentive there to fix games for gambling purposes. But what I like talking about more is the idea of the leagues fixing their own games basically to garner more TV ratings, more fan interest, and thus higher revenue for themselves. Because the very real real fact is, it is not illegal for a sports league to fix its own game. There's no law that prevents it. I mean, there was a law that was passed in the 1950s in America, basically it's called the Quiz Show Act. 
and that was when the game shows were being rigged by the sports or by the um, right. television networks to get people more interested in watching them and to make it more dramatic and make things rise and fall the way they felt was needed to get those ratings. And Congress discovered this was going on. They passed a law, but the law just covered intellectual contests, not physical ones. So the Quishaw law doesn't apply to sports. And the only sports law that kind of comes close to this, too, is called the Sports Bribery Act, and that was passed in 1964. But that was more for gambling, for when people tried to bribe, like a player, a coach, or a referee to alter the outcome of a game. But if a league, like the NFL, tells its referees, its employees, you know, to call certain fouls, to not call certain fouls, to, you know, kind of massage the game as need be, that's just an employer telling an employee how to do a job. And there's no law preventing it because, really, sports is just entertainment. That's all it is. But, Brian, it's just this fun thing that starts out as, like, little (laughs) boys on a baseball field. And then, you know, good old-fashioned high school, you know, prom and games. And then, like, you know, the fall leaves and college football. Like, what are you saying? What are you doing to us, Brian? You're shattering every illusion we ever had. Yeah. Stop. Oh, my gosh. Most people say I ruin sports for them, unfortunately. But, I mean, when you talk about, like, what you just said, you know, think about it. And I've seen this firsthand because I went to high school with a guy who was a year older than me, and he wound up becoming an NBA player, and he played in the league for over 10 years. And I went to a private school, and basically this guy, he was brought into this small private school specifically to play basketball. And he was basically being paid under the table to come to the school at a high school level, mind you, just to play basketball for the school. Okay, so this guy, this kid at the age of 13, 14 was basically corrupted at that age and started learning right then and there, this is what sports can do for you. This is how sports operate. And then, you know, as he's leaving high school, then he starts to get recruited by colleges and they're paying him under the table to try to get him to come there with certain incentives and backroom deals, stuff that's over and above, you know, the traditional um, scholarships that are handed out to athletes. There's stuff that goes on under the table there. And then once they get into college, boosters hand them envelopes of money, you know, behind the scenes and that sort of thing. And then they get recruited if they're good enough by professional agents before they're supposed to be. So, I mean, these people, these athletes, unfortunately, they're taken advantage of. And at the same time, like I say, they're corrupted from teenage years all the way in once they get into the pros. And this is all they've known and this is all they've learned. And so I think when people will say to me, well, you can't fix these sorts of games, I try to remind them, look, these kids have learned that money is a huge part of sports and it's really what makes the sports world go round and has been since they were teenagers. So what else do they know but corruption? So it's really not a surprise for them if they would be approached to fix a game or throw a game if need be because that's all they know. Yeah, and I just recently was talking to some people that were talking to me about, um, and it's funny how that happened around you coming on, but they were talking about how they deliberately recruit whoever they is. There's always a they, right? <laughs> but they deliberately <laughs> recruit kids from um, poverty-stricken nations or parts of the U.S. that are more desperate or you know want out of whatever their lifestyle is, and that they're more easily abuse, program, bribed, whatever word you want to use, but basically made to do what the team or, you know, the coach or whoever, you know, is pulling the strings wants them to do because they're what? They're vulnerable. So really, to me, the sport becomes a very interesting web and, and circle 
of victims and perpetrators. Do you agree with that? Oh, completely. Because like I said, it unfortunately goes all the way down to high school, even sometimes before that level of, you know, sports. You know, as soon as a child seems to have an aptitude in some sort of sport, you know, he's almost removed or even she is removed from society and placed on a different pedestal because of that talent. And yeah, I mean, it can lead to good things. And not all athletes are criminals and not all athletes are corrupt, of course. But the fact of the matter is, like you say, when people, you know, are being brought out of a low economic area and made into a millionaire because of sports, it does make them vulnerable because I think they recognize that, look, if I don't, you know, perform in this sport, I'm going to be back where I just came from and I don't want to be there. So maybe Uh therefore that player becomes more willing and more able to go along with the, you know, quote unquote conspiracy of fixing the game or throwing a match because they realize if I don't do this, I might wind up back where I started. Yeah, nowhere, really, or broke, or, you know, not used to that lifestyle. So do you believe that, or have you heard any buzz that some of these performances, not only can you throw a game, which is kind of the negative aspect of what we're talking about, but have you heard about some of the athletes that have been whispered about that have been, let's say, high-tech enhanced computer enhanced, bio enhanced, whatever words you want to use. Have you kind of talked or, or heard any buzz or studied that side of things as well? Well, certainly performance enhancing drugs is everywhere in sports. I mean, from the Olympics, you know, to soccer, to football, to, I mean, again, even into high school, kids are using steroids and performance enhancing and drugs to improve themselves. Lance Armstrong and the whole blood doping thing that mm-hmm. happened around the Tour de France. I mean, unfortunately, it's everywhere. And at a certain level, I think, unfortunately, fans don't care that it's everywhere. Because I think fans are excited by seeing these people perform superhuman, you know, abilities, showing how far they can jump, how fast they can run, how hard they can hit each other, that sort of thing. That's what gets fans excited. I mean, that's what made baseball come back after they canceled the World Series was the home runs. And we know now that many of those guys Uh who were hitting all those home runs were using performance-enhancing drugs. And yet, like I say, I don't think fans totally care as long as it's exciting, as long as it is entertainment. And I think that's why the leagues can get away with a lot of this stuff and use the drug testing program more as a PR campaign to say, oh, yeah, our sports are clean, when in reality they know, like in the NFL, for example, players who are assumed to be clean only get tested once a year, basically in a span of two months. And the other ten months of the year, they're free to use drugs as they please. But the NFL will say the game is clean because... Nobody tested positive. Well, if everybody knows they're being tested between the months of June and August, they know to stay off the drugs for that period of time, and then they're free to do what they want. But again, I think it's because fans want to see their superhuman abilities, and the owners who are making the money off the fans coming to the games are willing to look the other way when this is going on. Uh, Athletes will use these drugs because they do make them better. They do help them heal faster, and it makes for a more exciting product. And at the end of the day... Unfortunately, sports is a business, and they're there to sell these games to us. Absolutely. And we will be talking, or will we be talking, about more secrets of the sports industry when we come back with Mr. Brian Tui on... Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, 
Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com.
Welcome back to The Secret to Everything with Dr. Kimberly McGeorge. I am here with Mr. Brian Tui, author of The Fix is In, and we are talking about the world of illusion and how it relates to the entire field of high school, college, and professional sports. And that's a tall order, and we've got some more time, so we're going to dig right back in. So, Brian, picking up where we left off, I'm kind of getting the feeling of like a WWE type of thing here, where maybe that's kind of bigger, bolder, crazier, weirder hair, weirder costumes. But are we really seeing kind of the same thing in what we consider professional sports? I think that's a very real possibility. I think actually the WWE may be the most honest sport of them all because they admit (laughs) their entertainment, you know, they play up to that end of things. But I think, you know, if fans, if fans can take off their fan hat, and that's really hard for a lot of people to do is to think of sports, not as the entertainment it is, or think of it as the cliche that many people think of it as, you know, where everybody's giving 110% and trying to take it to the next level and all those other things. If they look at sports as a business, which I've chosen to do, and then realize, you know, their business is to sell these games, sell these products, and create these storylines, I think when you start looking at the games with a different mindset, you will see this sort of manipulation. I don't think it's every game that's fixed by any means. It may be fewer games than I even imagined are fixed, but I can't imagine that every one of these games is completely 100% legitimate especially when you could see things like when you watch, you know, an instant replay at home on your 60-inch HD TV and you clearly see a player is out of bounds and yet the referee will come back on and tell you, "No, that player was in bounds." I think a lot of fans have a right to question, "Well, how did they screw up that call?" Well, maybe they didn't screw up the call. Maybe that is not the correct call, but for the league that is the right call. And those are the type of things that I think if you start watching games with that different mindset, you will see these sorts of things and recognize you know, like maybe when the Cubs won the World Series in seven games just now, maybe there's a few tweaks going on that made that go to seven games because it was more profitable to everybody involved. Wow. So are you saying everybody's, I mean, when you start saying the word ref, you're kind of saying everyone's in on it because we assume, I think everyone assumes that the ref is kind of like the legal, I think we just assume this, um, you know, make you walk the line in there, you know, put their hand on the Bible. And I don't know that they do this, but it's kind of no. assumed, you <laughs> know, I, pro- I promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, you know, and exactly. And are you trying to say that they're in on it too? Oh, yeah. Because again, they are employees of the league. And the wow. league is the one, I think, who are dictating what can go on in some of these games. And, you know, there are referees, Tim Donahue, who was a former NBA referee, who got in trouble with the law for gambling on basketball games. But he said after he got into all this trouble that the league didn't outright tell the referees how to do their job, but they hinted and alluded to certain things. And the referees were smart enough to pick up on what they were trying to say. And they would massage games in certain ways. They would give better players like LeBron James and Steph Curry more room with which to operate so they can really show off their athletic abilities because that's what sells tickets. And I think that goes on in every sport where leeway can be given. Just a little bit of a shade is all you need sometimes to edge games in a certain way. And the referees and umpires in baseball have that ability to do so. And again, it's not illegal if they are doing that at the league's behest. 
it's so sad kind of because we've all been in high school though. We all, you know, we've all had gym games or we've all had the pickup games with our friends, you know, in the hot country afternoon where, you know what I mean? The blood, sweat and tears was real. The competition was real. And, and so I think we take that with us into adulthood or into the stadiums thinking, you know, kind of with that nostalgia feeling that, that this is real, but Again, what comes to mind is a, is a different comparison, which is kind of more like almost the Roman thing, too, where, again, actually, theirs was probably more real, but where it really is, and I think there's that quote, and you could probably say it more than me. I don't know if I wrote it down, but I loved, I think it was in the fixes in, the quote that you started off, and um, I think the word circus was mentioned in that quote. Can you quote that? Oh, yeah, I think the quote was the... Professional football is the circus of the hordes. I think. Yeah, a, and you know a what? Congressman said that actually. Yeah, I take offense to being called a horde. Do you? <laughs> right? I mean, that's kind of offensive. But I love it because why don't we apply any critical? Number one, why don't we have critical thinking? And that's a general question. Number two, why don't we apply critical thinking? And in my organization, we do. And in your life, you obviously do. But as a general, and I'm going to say worldwide, 8 billion people, 7 billion people, I don't think we do. Why don't we apply that to every area of our life? Why don't we apply that to sports? Why don't we apply that to medicine? Why doesn't Hollywood get that treatment? Why do we choose? There must be an answer to this somewhere. Maybe you have it, Brian. Well, I think. You know, why do we live in that illusion, the grand illusion? Well, I think one of the things that I learned when I was doing research into all of this is that there's a, something called basking in reflective glory, or birdie, <laughs> call it. And that is basically when a person gets kind of a, almost like a contact high when something that they're rooting for, like a sports team, does well. You know what I mean? When the, Like when sure. the Cubs won here, I live outside of Chicago, when the Cubs won, everybody felt great. They're all happy and excited, and they, it wasn't because they were part of the team. You know, they were just rooting for the team, but they kind of got that same kind of exuberance because what they rooted for did well. And you can even hear it if you listen, especially to sports radio. You know, when people will call up, they will say, you know, we need to do this and we need to trade for that guy and we need to fire our manager. Well, sorry, sir, but you're not part of the team. <laughs> it's not we, it's them. But that's how people associate it. And I think that's what sports relies upon. Because, like you say, I think a lot of people go back to their youth and think, boy, if I could have become a major league player, I would have led the clean life and done everything I can. But in reality, you know, being an athlete is a job, and it can be a very grinding job. It can be a very tiring job, and these people have problems, same as you and I have. You know, they can have drug problems. They can have gambling problems. They can have women problems. They could have men problems. They could have all sorts of problems mm-hmm. that's going to affect the game and that can be used against those players in even a blackmailing type of way, and that's the reality of sports. But like you say, I think people, you know, re- recognize it as something else. They may recognize it as entertainment, but they don't necessarily recognize it as really the business it is. Yeah, and from what I've heard, it's possibly, and you know, these are allegations that haven't necessarily been proven, but in some ways they have. I mean, it can get even dirtier than dirty because some of the things I've heard are entire teams that actually reward their players, and I'm not even going to talk about it on here because it's so hideous, but with unheard of illegal rewards for winning certain games or certain series. And yes, I'm talking about baseball, obviously, when I start dropping the word series. But just 
unmentionable things that are being done to motivate, control, I think you used the word blackmail. Again, the whole, I believe some of these players are both victims and perpetrators of, you know, some of those horrific things that go on. Not just drinking, not just drugs, which, I mean, on some level, depending what they're doing, are illegal activities in themselves. But seriously, if I told you guys, like, straight up, and I don't know if you've written about it in your books or not or even know about it, but literally your guys' jaw, if I started naming team names and naming the activities and naming what I know, your jaw would drop the floor. As a matter of fact, Brian, I have to tell you, the things I know and the people that have been broken by these hot-looking, muscular men and women that play professional sports, and maybe the other sports, but I know particularly about professional sports, um, I can't even go in a bar, and I don't like it when baseball's on because it triggers the horrific abuse that people that I know have suffered at the hands of some of these men, teams, managers, you know, entities, whatever you want to say, leagues. It's horrific. And so that's pretty bad. If I can go in a bar and see a professional game of baseball of any kind without me being triggered and obviously it wasn't done to me that's there's some bad there's some nasty stuff going on maybe even stuff I don't even know that's nastier than the stuff I know so what are, what are your thoughts about that well it wouldn't be surprising to me in the least I mean every sports league which many people don't realize but every sports league has their own basically private police force you know they call it either NFL security or major league baseball as the department of investigations and these are literally staffed with former members of the FBI, CIA, NSA, DEA, local law enforcement. These are guys who know how to investigate things. But the amazing thing is, is through all the research I've done, and I've been doing this for over 10 years now, I can't find a single instance where law enforcement, when they like arrest a player or uncover some sort of scandal, will thank one of these department, security departments of a league for their role in this. It, it just doesn't happen. So what I think happens is these security departments exist within the leagues basically to cover up things like that, to cover up crimes, to cover uh -huh. up corruption, and make sure it doesn't come to the forefront. And I've even seen it in some of the FBI files I obtained from my book, Larceny Games, where the FBI will literally write that, you know, in one case, the NFL was completely whitewashing an investigation the FBI was conducting because of their security department. They have that kind of power, and they have the ability to clamp down on the things that go on with underneath that nobody hears about because they also control the media. In fact, the media, sports media, funds professional sports. You know, ESPN, NBC, Fox, they all fund the NFL. They fund the NBA. So are they really going to go against, you know, their investment in these leagues by revealing the true information that they know about them? No, because it's not the best business decision to make. Now, Brian, what do you mean when you say they fund you know, these teams and these organizations and these uh, sports. Well, Can you explain like that? The NFL, the NFL, for example, makes approximately like 10 to $11 billion a year. And $6 billion, $6 billion of that comes from Fox, from ESPN, NBC, mm -hmm. and um, what's the other one? CBS. So, I mean, they literally, without that $6 billion, the NFL would not exist in the way we know it today because they can't exist just on ticket sales. And the same with Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball makes about $5 billion a year from you know, broadcast rights. The NBA makes about $5 billion a year from broadcast rights. And that's all coming from the networks that are putting on, that are you know, broadcasting these games. And without that money, the leagues don't exist. The players don't make as much money as they should. In fact, like the $6 billion that the NFL makes literally pays for every player's salary in the league. 
So if that oh. money wasn't there, there'd be no league. <laughs> so, you know, the NFL is very cognizant of the fact that they need to keep up TV ratings, which actually this year are dropping, and they're very concerned about it because they have to keep up the ratings because that has to keep up the advertising fees. And all of this is kind of it's kind of inbred. It's a real circle amongst these entities, and that's why I think they are willing to manipulate their games for television reasons because that's where their money is. That's who they have to appease. Okay, so why do you think you just said, um, and I, I think you're talking about, I'm not sure if you're talking about football or all sports, but that ratings are dropping this year. Why in do football. you think in football? Okay, why do you think that's happening? Well, I think the main reason a lot of people have brought up is the protests, like with Colin Kaepernick and the kneeling during the national anthem. But I think there's also a problem with, obviously, concussions and a lot of fewer people, younger people, playing football because of the worries of the brain injuries that go along with contact sports. But I also think fans, in a way, are fed up. I mean, I think they don't like the way games are going. They don't like the way the officiating has been in games because it's inconsistent. They don't like the punishments that come out of the NFL's commissioner's office for certain you know, discretionary things that have happened amongst players. I think fans are just, they're really unhappy with the inconsistency. And I think some of them are seeing what I see, that these games aren't really on the level, that there is some sort of manipulation going on and they'd rather have pure sport, but that's not what we're going to get because that's not what they think is entertaining to us because I think there would be more blowouts, more lopsided games, because certain teams are better than other teams and always will be. But that's not what you see. Instead, the NFL wants to promote this idea that any team can win on any given Sunday, and so you see all these crazy upsets and crazy things happening, and I think many times they're unnatural, and I think fans are also seeing through that. Gotcha. Well, we'll be back in a few minutes with more of the illusion that we call professional sports with Mr. Brian Chewy on the As host of Dialogue with Divinity, I am thrilled to join the Exxon Broadcast Network and their growing number of affiliates. My quest for a connection to the divine ignited my successful career path as an international spiritual counselor for over 40 years, an author of four books, and well-known metaphysical educator. My clients call me their spiritual mama. So my job is to offer you a radio show to help you grow spiritually with wisdom and get specific tools from guests who are experts in their field. Tune into Dialogue with Divinity and be part of the conversation with Spirit. My goal, your happy soul. For more information, please visit my website at johannacarroll.com. Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who would like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net.
This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life is no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold. You're listening to The Secret to Everything with Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, and I am here with Brian Tui, and we are having a very lively discussion about what we call professional sports and maybe what it really is is not quite what we think. And as we were talking through our last segment, Brian, uh, what came to mind was it reminds me a little bit of the paranormal field, which I've been a part of for most of my life. And I've been in many investigations and worked with the big, some of the big teams that are on TV. And we regularly interview people from those teams on here. But for some reason, we are talking about playing real sports versus the way we see and watch sports now. Like if it was a real natural game, it reminds me of if we put a real paranormal investigation on TV. I mean, from setup at 4 p.m. to when we leave at 5 or 6 a.m., there would be no one that watched it. I'm telling you, it would be boring. It would be boring. It would be it would be dumb sometimes. It would drag. And and I hear you kind of implying that and we've all been there. We've all been in the game where you sit there 20 minutes while, you know, someone gets hurt and you stand around or the, or, or you're hot and you guys take a break. I mean, real sports in, in all its purity probably might not be as interesting as this tightly edited, cut for commercial, manipulated uh, kind of movie star, you know, handsome guys, you know, running around a field, barely breaking a sweat. What's your thoughts about that? I think you're right, because I think many times people have referred to sports as the best reality television show out there. And I think anybody who's honest with themselves and has watched reality TV, be it the Kardashians or, you know, some mm. of these, you know, Bachelor or Bachelorette shows or what have you, you realize, look, these aren't really real. You know, I mean, there's editing involved. 
there's some staging going on, there's production involved, it's not as exciting as they make it out to be. You know, we realize that reality TV isn't real. And yet, if you want to call sports reality TV, then aren't you just kind of admitting, well, maybe this isn't really real either. That maybe there is some sort of manipulation going on behind the scenes to make it more entertaining. And I'd like to equate it to, like, if you talk about McDonald's, for example. And if McDonald's had the ability to put an additive into their meat that would make it taste better every time you took a bite of their hamburger, and it was perfectly legal for this additive to be added, it was FDA approved and all that stuff, well, McDonald's would put it in their burger tomorrow, right? Because they would sell more hamburgers. Well, that's exactly what professional sports can do. They can actually manipulate their games while you're watching them to make it more exciting, to make it a close contest into the fourth quarter, into the two-minute warning, or into that final basket. So why aren't they doing it? They can legally do it. What's stopping them? The only thing is this perceived idea of integrity. And I think if you look at these sports as the businesses they are, you realize they don't really have a lot of integrity. So, again, what's stopping them from doing just that? Yeah, when there's any money, I mean, it can be a dollar, it can be a hundred billion dollars. I find wherever there's money, you know, there's corruption, yeah. usually absolute corruption beyond absolute corruption. Yeah. And I love, I love what you said about that. And it's funny because I actually majored in mass media many years ago in my undergraduate degree in college. And the first thing I learned in mass media, which, you know, this is a form broadcasting, it's a form of mass media on television when you televise sports. The first thing we learned was when you turn a camera on anything, it ceases to become natural and it becomes what we now call, what you said, reality TV. In essence, the second you turn a camera on someone, there's something in us that starts what? Acting, hiding, manipulating, wanting to appear better than we are, different than we are, bigger than we are, whatever, you know, you can put in whatever word you want. So there's definitely something to your, you know, very astute observation and use of that term reality TV. And I have to tell you, believe me, it broke my heart when I discovered the bachelor and bachelorette wasn't real too. I was like, what? You know, I know people that have been on it now and I'm like, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. It, it kind of ruins it, Brian. It just kind of ruins it. Dang it. Well, I know I'm going to get yelled at by my region. I live in North Carolina. If I do not ask you about NASCAR now, certainly Brian, certainly, please, please do not ruin Auto racing for me. Please then don't tell ask, me. Don't ask me the question. <laughs> don't, don't ask the question if you don't want an answer. No, no, please tell me. So are you saying by that answer, are you saying every professional sport, even car racing can be manipulated? And how the heck do they do that? Oh, certainly it can be manipulated. I mean, you think about horse racing. Horse racing we know has been fixed for there you go. decades. <laughs> you know? And the main reason you, they do it is because the horses can't talk. They can't tell you what's going on, right? That's true. True. Well, it's the same thing with the cars. The cars don't talk. They can't tell you what the driver is doing. They can't tell you what manipulations have been made to the car themselves that may be legal or illegal in NASCAR circles. Um, So there's a lot of wiggle room just there with the car's performance. You know, if you gave a car in a stricter plate race uh, 132nd of an inch more space, that car's going to go faster. And yet, if nobody notices that one thirty-second of an inch difference, then it's going to be legal for that car to basically be illegal. So, I mean, there's ways of doing that. There's other things within NASCAR. There's the legend of the call, where because NASCAR is actually a privately owned company, 
owned by the mm. France family, unlike the NFL or Major League Baseball. One family owns NASCAR. There's a legend, well, they called it a legend, a conspiracy theory, <laughs> if you will, where they would call certain drivers and say, basically, today's not your day. And the drivers would capitulate to that because certain sponsors needed a boost or certain car manufacturers needed a boost so they would make sure certain cars would win. Unfortunately, I'm not making that up. <laughs> you can, you know, people can go research this, and there have been instances where they know where drivers have basically been told to crash, and they've crashed their cars on purpose. So if someone's pulling the strings, whether it's the league owners or the people that own NASCAR or, you know, the coaches, whoever it is, this plugs in, and we don't have time to get really deep into this, which you guys are going to have to get these books, but this makes it, if you know who you've told someone, you can bet on that, right? And you can make a lot of money. If you know who's going to win or about what the score is going to be or what the score is supposed to be, or people are going to be punished or rewards are going to be withheld, as I've heard, um, then you can bet and make a lot of money. Are people doing that in your opinion? Oh, certainly. Without a doubt. I mean, we know soccer, which is the world's most popular sport, is also the world's most corrupt sport. And a lot of it has to do because of the illegal gambling going on within the sport. And I think the very same thing is true here in the United States. Like I said earlier, in the United States, 98% of the sports gambling done is illegal. And it's controlled by organized crime. And it's literally a multi-billion dollar industry that dwarfs the amount of revenue all the four major leagues make combined. So if there's that sort of money out there and it's being completely unregulated, completely unwatched, unmonitored, certainly there are strange things going on and people making money off of inside information and fixed games. But no one's willing to look into it and no one's willing to do the research into it because it's too hard and in many ways the sports media just doesn't want to hear it because then that's going to affect their investment in these sports leagues. And there's too many people getting rich off of exactly. it, obviously, and there's too much to lose, et cetera, et cetera. Quick before we get all your information, um, and I must really like you because I'm letting you talk all the way to the end. <laughs> um, so this is just a fascinating conversation. I really appreciate you being on. So the Ohio State Buckeyes, mm. are the games fixed in college? Well, <laughs> it. Again, same thing. You can definitely, I'm certain games are being fixed for gambling purposes because when the athletes in college aren't getting paid, it's very easy to bribe them to get them to do what you want them to do. The bigger question is, are the you know colleges and the conferences in football and basketball, again, manipulating their own games for certain business things? That's a stickier question, but I don't think you could rule it out because, again, it's really easy to do in college, and the NCAA has actually conducted surveys of their own athletes, student athletes, and within those surveys, the athletes have admitted to being approached to fix games and have admitted to fixing games. But yet, again, where are all these scandals in the you know ESPNs of the world? You don't hear about them, but yet NCAA athletes are admitting to it in their own polls. So it's certainly going on. It's just a question of then to what level. Wowzers. Yeah, so maybe I should have put a disclaimer. Maybe I will put a disclaimer on the beginning of this show. Uh, spoiler <laughs> alert. If you want to continue watching sports in all Don't its listen, glory, yeah. you know, maybe I will do that. But, Brian, thank you so much for being on our show. Tell us about your books, uh, just briefly what they're about, um, how we can buy them, and what your website is, and how we can get a hold of you. 
Well, the best place to get a hold of me is my website, which is thefixesin.net. And you can see all my books there. I've written The Fixes In, Larceny Games, and A Season in the Abyss, which are all about sports, uh, the manipulation we've been talking about, and sports gambling as well. And those books are also available like at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever good books are sold. I like how you say good books. <laughs> well, we appreciate you so much. You know what? I just have to say thank you. You totally represent what my organization stands for. Thank you for exposing truth. What you guys choose to do with it who are listening is your choice. But I definitely think you're bringing light to actually quite a dark area you know, that a lot of people spend a lot of time and a lot of money on. And if they knew what you and I know and, and what you teach so much about and have studied and, and brought forth the proof of, I think they might choose to spend their money a little differently, possibly, and maybe even their time a little differently. Because one of my biggest beefs with sports actually is the fact that you're watching it. You're not doing it. And, you know, a little of that is okay, but we all know, you know, we've kind of all become couch potatoes. So thank you so much for being on The Secret to Everything. I'd love to have you back. Thank you for what you're doing. I am a big fan of yours. Well, thank you, Dr. Kim. I appreciate it. And I agree with you. I think it's fine to have a little bit of this in their lives, but to have it all consuming is just not a good thing, especially if you don't realize that what you might be being sold isn't a true athletic event, but more of a circus or a ballet or some sort of scripted entertainment that isn't true sports. Absolutely. You guys need to head on out and get those books. I know they're available on Kindle because I've got a couple on mine that I am going to finish reading. If you want to get a hold of me, I always say easiest way is Google secret to everything.com. Is where you can get a hold of me and Facebook, Twitter, secret to everything. We are everywhere. We're running a 